This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Flow Racing is the new home of NASCAR Roots Racing. Subscribe today and stream over 1,300 racing events live and on demand. See NASCAR legends, past, present, and future battle it out in dirt late models, sprint cars, and more at your favorite tracks every week. Find your next favorite driver by going to flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. That's flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. White flag is in the air. Grant Enfinger by a fender leads it. The next flag ends the race. Enfinger to the lead. Ben Rhodes tries to move up the inside lane. He's challenging Zane Smith for second, but already the leader is on the backstretch. Grant Enfinger takes the field to turn three. In a remarkable turn of events in Indianapolis Raceway Park, Grant Enfinger capitalizes. They're crashing in the back of the pack as Grant Enfinger comes to the line, takes the checkered flag, and strikes first in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series playoffs. Grant Enfinger will win the T-Sport 200 and automatically advance to the round of eight. I had Richmond circled. I was just trying to get through this one, but uh, I, you know, I'm joking a little bit because I feel like anytime we show up at a short track, we should be contending. Um, but this has not been been one of my best tracks. But thankful for tonight. This is one special. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Lou Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we transition out of a very eventful trip to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course, and we head to the wide open confines of Michigan International Speedway in the Irish Hills of Michigan. On the show today, we'll visit with Austin Centric, finished second on the road course at Indy over the weekend. Of course, Austin won the season-opening Daytona 500. We'll check in with him as we get closer to the playoffs beginning. We've had 14 different winners in the NASCAR Cup Series season so far. And as we wind down the regular season, we will check in on all 14 of those drivers. We'll also chat with Michigan native Carson Hosevar. Plus, we'll discuss which young drivers from each manufacturer could be the next stars of the NASCAR Cup Series and... We'll preview this weekend's Firekeepers Casino 400 at Michigan. But first, Kyle Ricky is here with the biggest headlines in NASCAR Nation coming out of Indianapolis. Kyle, what do you have for us? 
Mike, we're starting out with some contract news coming out of Petty GMS Racing. The team announced last weekend that Eric Jones has signed a multi-year contract extension that kicks off next season. This season, Jones and the number 43 team have collected two top fives and seven top ten finishes, leaving them just outside of the playoffs in the NASCAR Cup Series championship standings. And as the Cup Series heads to Michigan this weekend, Richard Childress Racing has announced that Xfinity Series regular Austin Hill will make his Cup Series debut, driving the number 33 car. Hill will pull double duty this weekend, also wheeling his full-time Xfinity Series ride, which he has scored two wins with this season. And rounding us out is the announcement from Our Motorsports that the team and Brett Moffitt have mutually parted ways. Team owner Chris Hours stated in a press release that, quote, Brett has been with us since the inception of our NASCAR Xfinity Series team, and I can't thank him enough for his efforts over the past three years, unquote. Blaine Perkins will take over the 0-2 car this weekend in Michigan. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll sit down with Austin Sendrick, and later, we'll look into the NASCAR Cup Series playoff picture. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Austin Sendrick came up just short Sunday afternoon at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course. He finished runner-up to Tyler Reddick. And Austin's rookie season for Team Penske on the NASCAR Cup Series will be a successful one as he'll be a part of the playoffs that will begin in a month thanks to his Daytona 500 win to kick off the 2022 season. Our Jason Toy sat down with Austin to see where things stand as he prepares for his first Cup Series playoff appearance. Joined now by the driver of the number two Penske Ford, winner of the Daytona 500 and runner-up finish this past weekend in Indianapolis and Austin Sendrick. Austin, how are you, bud? Yeah, not too bad. Getting ready for another race week and, uh, you know, another big, big weekend for us. All right, let's talk about the full season for you guys. It obviously started off on a high note. What's it been like? What's the ebb and flow been like here for you this season? You've had a, a pretty good run here the last, what's eight, ten weeks of some good top tens and some top fives in there. Yeah, certainly um, a lot to learn heading into this year, not just uh, for myself, but for the entire industry, you know, with the next gen car and, you know, taking that car to the racetrack for the first few times and uh, also being, you know, kind of new to the, the, the practice strategy as far as, you know, 15, 20 minutes of practice and then right into qualifying. You know, you're not really able to make too many impactful adjustments to your race car. So a lot of what you unload with, you're kind of just fine tuning off the truck. Um, sometimes you need more fine tuning, more than just fine tuning. But um, and, and that's going to happen when, 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 you know, as a race team, we're trying things and trying to figure things out. But um, as a rookie, when you're trying to figure out the, the series and the competition and um, it, it can add up pretty quick on some weekends. So um, there's certainly been highs and lows. But like you mentioned, you know, I think as we gotten in the summer here, we've gotten some consistency and been able to pop some some results that I think um, are, are fairly warranted for this group. You know, obviously, 
race for Team Penske, you want to race for wins every weekend, but um, I, and I think we have the resources to do so, but it's, it's about putting it all together and look, I'm racing against the best there is. So um, got to kind of somewhat keep my expectations measured some days, but um, other days when I qualify 25th in the field, you go, you look, I'm 25th best in the world. Not that bad. <laughs> You know, and you talk about the, the next-gen car. Obviously, the engineers have got their side and the crew chiefs have got their side. What's been the biggest learning curve for you, and have you figured it out yet on this race car? Look, it's the two most important things about a race car. It's aero and tires. You know, it, it's it's how the car is, you know, punching a hole through the air and, and what the four things that are touching the racetrack are actually doing. And, and how do I respond to those, whether that's in traffic, you know, we've talked about a lot of races, you know, with, with the traffic, how to navigate that, but also, you know, I think tire wear and, and track migration are two very important things um, to keep track of as a NASCAR driver. And um, I think those have, have certainly changed in a different way with, the, with this tire. A lot of different aspects that went into this race car, and it has a lot of sports car mentality to it with the air diffusers and the size of tires and everything else here. Does it ride like a sports car on a road course like you were at Indy this past week? Yeah, I mean, I'd even go a step further and say it's got a lot more road car qualities. You know, I think it's I think it's caught up to, you know, a lot of the things that make, you know, a Ford Mustang on the street, you know, a Ford Mustang, uh, you know, independent rear suspension, coilover, springs and shocks. Um, obviously, you mentioned the diffuser. That's obviously been a big talking point, you know, as far as you know, setting up your race car throughout the year. So, um, I, I think as far as road, as far as road racing goes, yeah, I think it's like I said, I think it's caught up to to, to race cars, and you know, I, I think there's no there's no solid rear axle race cars anymore. I don't think so. I think we were the last of the breed, and in a lot of ways, you know, rack pinion steering and uh, a lot of things. So, uh, I think from that standpoint. Yeah, I think it is certainly more conventional. It is more um, yeah, intuitive in, in some ways, you know, to drive, you know, not just on road courses, but I think even on ovals as we get this car more refined. You know, as when you when you look at this race car compared to what you did in the previous year, you know, you had the limited starts every once in a while there on that fourth the fourth car there for Team Penske, but now full time in this car, we've seen a lot with the drivers having to get adjusted physically in this race car because it's a lot hotter, not as much airflow. We saw uh, AJ lose a, a cooling system last or at the race at Indianapolis and about knocked him on the ground. In fact, it did knock him on the ground when he got out of the race car. Have you had to change your workout routines to compensate this race car in the extreme heat that you feel inside? Yeah, so it's funny, like I feel like the driver heat, it's been very track dependent, um, you know, depending on how close you are to other cars in proximity. You know, cockpit temperatures um but in other ways you know my i actually don't have to wear heel booties because my feet rarely ever get hot in this car um whereas you know the xfinity cars were significantly worse than any other car and i don't really know why like they're way worse than the cup car um but like at this time of the year last year i'd have I'd have blisters on my heels that would just stay throughout the entirety of the season. And then halfway through the off season, my skin starts peeling off the bottom of my foot and it's kind of gross, but um, I'll digress. Uh, to answer your question about, you know, my workout routine or, you know, what I've been able to change or have to, you know, kind of add physically, you know, I, I think the tracks where, where we're shifting, um, I, I think actually adds a, a bit more of a strain on the driver, you know, just from a, from a standpoint of, you know, you're doing more. You're doing more down the straightaways. You have less time to talk on the radio because you're actually, you're still paying attention. You got a hand off the wheel. Um, you know, you're, you're bracing with your left hand into the corner as you're shifting with your right hand on corner entry, which 
you know, if anyone's paid enough attention to stock car racing, corner entry is usually a pretty big problem for us. You know, we're usually pretty loose in, so you're, you're all tensed up. You got your, you know, you're, you're bracing into the corner already, but then you want to convince yourself to take the hand off the wheel. So then your left hand that's still on the wheel is kind of holding on a little bit harder and you got to use your right hand to do the downshift. And, um, you know, I, I think there's been some races like New Hampshire, you know, pretty big bump into three, so it gets the car pretty unsettled. So. You know, my my left hand by the end of the race was like, like locked onto the steering wheel, and 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 my, my right arm, you know, you're using quite a bit of force to, to still do the shift. So, um, you know, it's just it's just things that you know maybe your body's not quite used to, and you have to get conditioned to a little bit. But um, yeah, certainly certainly worked on some of that stuff and endurance wise at least. Of course, this past weekend it was a unique deal where you had IndyCar, you had NASCAR all together. It was a great festival of motorsports, basically. You get that itch anymore on the IndyCar side of things? I know you grew up around it, obviously, with your dad, Tim Sendrick. Is that an effort, ever still an aspiration for you to maybe take one of those cars around the big track? Yeah, I certainly had a lot of questions about that this weekend, just yeah. given, the, given the situation. But absolutely, I mean, my I got a passion in racing, watching IndyCars, and I'd be silly to sit here and say that I wouldn't want to drive one, wouldn't want to race one. But uh, it's not my... Immediate focus is not something I'm gonna, you know, stick my neck out for right away. But my career is certainly in NASCAR right now, and but uh, I would love, I would love the opportunity to do that and do that right um, because it's it's a foremost sport I love. I mean, anytime they're they're running and we're not on track during the weekends, I've got Peacock turned on watching the uh, watching practice, qualifying, whatever it is. Even when we've had rain delays and their race is going on, I'll go in the holler and turn on their race. So it's it's really fun and it's fun for the fans to get to see the differences too. You know, I, I think our restarts compared to IndyCar restarts are a bit different, <laughs> especially at Indy. In, you know, the way we race each other, you know, the, the feel, the speed of the cars, where the cars make their lap time, the sounds, you know, something that's things that are very visually different as a race fan. You know, there's there's probably an eight-year-old kid that could tell you the difference between a NASCAR and an IndyCar just by watching. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's an IndyCar, not just because of how it looks with the wings, the open wheels, but also the sound is so much different. That they're, they're they're cool for different reasons and exciting for different reasons. I know it was big for you. I know I see your mom at the track, see your grandma at the track uh, as well, but to have dad there, because usually dad's working somewhere else, but the dad was able to be there this weekend too. I know it's, it's good to have him up there on the on the wagon for you. Yeah, good to have my pops and in, in, in my mom, obviously this weekend um, in Indy. And it, it's kind of it's funny because he gets to he gets to work all day Saturday, you know, calling the race for just New York and in, in the IndyCar race. And once he gets to, to, the, to the cup race, and, you know, it's kind of, you're kind of just an observer, whether if that's as a father or as, a, as an administrative uh, member of the, of, of the race team. But also good to have Roger there this weekend. You know, we don't we don't get to have him along for for every race. So um, and obviously pretty important important weekend for him. So I, I love watching how hands on he is, not just with the race team, but with the speedway, and um, makes you that much more proud to, to wear the shirt. Coming up, we'll take a look at the NASCAR Cup Series playoff picture, and later Carson Hosevar will join us. Are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top 9 miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. 
Welcome back to NASCAR Live with 14 different winners and four races left in the NASCAR Cup Series playoff picture. That picture is coming into focus as some series regulars will be scratching and clawing for the final two spots. Our Kurt Becker takes us through the playoff bubble and much more as the NASCAR Cup Series regular season winds down. The 2022 season making their way off four. Green flag is in the air, and we are underway. Quickly, Austin Sindrick will take the lead. Eric Jones will tuck in behind. The 2022 NASCAR Cup Series playoffs are four races away, and as it stands, some heavyweight drivers need a miracle. It's been a long time since NASCAR has seen this many different winners in the season. 2001 saw a record 19 different winners. 18 drivers won in 2002, and again in 2011. 2013 saw 17 different names in victory lane. So far in 2022, 14 drivers have secured themselves a spot in the playoffs by winning a race. That leaves only two open spots on the playoff grid. Well, the only story that you need right now is Ryan Blaney. We are 26. Ryan Blaney's on the hunt. He's tried the bottom lane. Now he's going to jump to the outside. Truex on the inside lane. Gets away by half a car. 48 laps remain. Truex on the hammer, and he's gone. Up off of the corner, Martin Truex Jr. will indeed see the green and white checkered flag from the right hand of Joey Acock. Meanwhile, Truex has gone by a car length or three wide further back. Ryan Blaney and Martin Truex Jr. currently sit above the cutoff line, but by points only. Neither has won a race, which is unusual. Truex has not gone winless since 2014, for example, and Blaney has won every year since 2017. But even without that history, it's remarkable that neither driver has won this season. Both have led laps, both have been contenders for wins, but neither has closed the deal. While Truex and Blaney have hefty points cushions, if a new name gets added to the winner's list, that safety net disappears. So with the number of winners the Cup Series has seen this season, and with a maximum of two spots potentially available on the basis of points, even some of the sport's biggest names are in jeopardy of missing the playoffs. Here they come, racing back to the checkered flag, and Kevin Harvick is going to get there first. Oh, but a matter of inches over Austin Dillon, but Harvick has won the Southern 500. For the first time since 2009, Kevin Harvick might not make the playoff field. It's been almost two years since he's won a race. He's only led 13 laps in all of 2022, and he has a grand total of five top five finishes. Compared to 2020 when he won nine races, this is a drastically different scenario for Harvick. Kurt Busch doesn't have any help. Eric Almarola will lead the field back to the strike. Kurt Busch out of fuel, dropping to the inside of the track. Here's Eric Almarola, who nearly won the Daytona 500. He leads the way coming down to the line and he will win today at Talladega. In his final season in the Cup Series, Eric Almirola is fighting to be in the playoffs. Win and you're in is his only hope, but Almirola is known to score wins when least expected to do so. Here comes Michael McDowell pulling alongside. It won't be enough and Brad Keselowski has picked up the win scoring the victory in the Geico 500 at Talladega by a mere inches. Brad Keselowski has struggled with his new team and organization this year, but even with those circumstances, it arguably still seems odd not to hear his name mentioned in the upper tier of playoff contenders. The remaining four races in the 2022 regular season, Michigan, Richmond, Watkins Glen, and Daytona all have the potential to produce surprise winners. With two spots up for grabs and several drivers still hungry for a playoff berth, let the competition begin. 
you, Kurt. Coming up, Carson Hosevar will join us. And later, we'll spotlight the next generation stars of Toyota, Chevrolet, and Ford. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Grant Enfinger kicked off the 2022 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series playoffs with a win over the weekend at Indianapolis Raceway Park Friday night. While the Truck Series will take a pause this weekend, we wanted to take the time to chat with a Michigan native. Carson Hosevar now finds himself on the bubble after the first playoff race, but there's still time for him to book his spot into the next round. Our Kim Kuhn sat down with Carson last week at Truck Series Media Day. All right, we're about to hit a seven-race stretch for the championship. Looking at the tracks we're going to, what stands out to you as maybe the most challenging, and then what are you really confident about? I mean, the most challenging for me probably is Talladega, right? Because you put everybody else, you put your whole fate of your year potentially in everybody else's hands. Um, you, I always look at Talladega or Daytona like you're, you're out there with a bunch of ticking time bombs. Like you're just sitting there in line waiting to, to, for the big one to happen. So I think that one is, is definitely going to be the most challenging. Um, you know, the rest you can depend on your speed and raw pace and track position, everything ever. Where that one's just a, uh, you know, jets in a gymnasium. You have been so close to your first series win. It's been like right there in front of you. What would it mean to finally get that win and to do it in the playoffs? I mean, it'd be huge. I mean, there's no better time to win a race than now for sure. But I always dream. You always dream about it, right? You always think what you're going to do in that moment, and a lot of it that I've always thought of is jumping and running. So I definitely am probably not going to be doing that but um you know it's definitely going to be entertaining i'll just have to do a lot more burnouts um in exchange but i i know i'm definitely going to get hollered at because we'll definitely need that motor or need that car or need that truck but um you know hopefully we're we get to that moment and we can go through it oh, Carson Hosevar gets hit. he slides sideways oh he gets center punch a wicked lick for Carson Hosevar lawless allen piles in Austin Wayne self piles in. The big hit came from Tyler Hill. A scary crash between turns one and two. And you can't jump because of the injury at Gateway. I noticed, though, you don't have your crutches here today. So how is it? Uh, It's getting a lot better. I'm just very weak. Um, My leg is weak. Uh, My foot itself is very weak um, from not using it a whole lot. Um, You know, they were very, very cautious on me using the crutches for uh, what felt like an eternity. Um just because I've been using it so much. I've never really gave it time to just rest and heal and put it in a cast. Like, um, I think I had a soft cast for two days after surgery and then took it right off and then just have kind of wrapped it. So they were a bit cautious on that and rather me try and not walk and not put any weight on it and let when I use it and try and, you know, make it upset is, is in the truck. 
Does it worry you at all having, you know, still a little bit of a sustained injury during the playoffs, or do you just try not to think about it? Uh, I mean, I try not to think about it, but I try to at least be somewhat reasonable if that wreck was to happen um, again, or at least I put in the, you know, everybody talks about, you know, you, you take your hands off the wheel. Well, you know, I'm starting to think, you know, okay, what do I do with my feet? Like, I've never even thought of it um, until it happens. You know, my, I, I still don't know exactly what hit my foot. I mean, the, my best thought was, it, like, when all the g-forces happened my legs just swang and um hit the brake pedal and hit the corner of it right on the bone so um you know i'm very tall i'm very um you know my legs are way out there um so i've tried to think you know how am i gonna move my feet just to kind of set them do i set them on the ground do i kind of raise them back so um i've at least somewhat thought about it if i do get myself into okay, I'm going to hit hard here or I'm going to get hit, um, you know, just to try and prevent that to happen because obviously I'll be a lot more vulnerable to another injury. This season for you has been somewhat of a season of adversity, I could, yes. we could say, on the track and off the track. But despite everything that you've been through work-wise and personal-wise, you still seem to always have a smile on your face. How do you keep your head up in what can be dark times? I mean, we haven't had too many um, of them, and if so, it's followed by a good, then followed by a bad, then followed by a good again, um, or, or followed by a bad, and then we run good the next week. So there's there's been a lot um, going on, and I'm very very easy going with stuff. Like I'll lose my wallet and keys 17 times a day, and no big deal. They'll show up. They always do. Um, you know, granted, I'll, I never have cash on me or anything, so there's not too much to worry about but i don't really get freaked out about a lot of stuff so um you know the 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 little things may drive me nuts but um but that's everybody but i just i have such a good time doing everything and being here and um i'm i'm having such a good time even the bad days are good days for me what have you learned about yourself this season i learned i'm not I I wasn't coordinated already and I'm definitely not even more I'm definitely not coordinated like there's a reason I'm 6'4 and everybody asked me why I wasn't a basketball player well that's the reason like you if you saw a jump shot or at least try to see me walk um you know that's definitely not not the case but I've I've learned a lot I mean it's just it's you if you have a good time you you still you still have a good time looking at the specific races and in the next round Bristol Talladega, Homestead. We know Talladega is a wild card. Yes. Which of those is an opportunity race, though, the most? I mean, I feel like Bristol, we, we track positioned ourselves up front, but still ran up front. We had 40 lap older tires and ran six, and I felt like our trucks are way better than they were last year. So if we had new tires, you know, I feel like we definitely could be a few spots forward rather than run six. So I feel like that's one that I have circled. We ran second at Bristol Dirt even. That I feel like we just get around Bristol very good, or at least I do. And and then Homestead, I've never I've never been there. I wouldn't I wouldn't know. I don't even know what the track looks like. I don't know how to get in the gate. I don't know if you go in the gate one. I don't know gate two. I don't know where the gate's at to even get in the place. So getting around the racetrack, um, will definitely uh, yeah. We'll see if I I get it right away. Does it make you nervous because Homestead's a cutoff race? So if you get to Kind of. I mean, I'm hoping. That point. I'm hoping Bristol. I'm. We're already locked in, uh, or I get really lucky at Talladega. But, um, you know, I, uh, Homestead, yes. But Ross has ran really good, and I feel like I've 
ran better. Um, I've ran really good at tracks I've been to. Uh, I'm going to the first time, so I, f I feel like the learning curve there is not too big of a deal. But at the same time, you know, I don't know what the feel is for our trucks. Um, so hopefully we hit it right off. You mentioned uh, more than once that you feel like the trucks are better this year. Just collectively, it seems like Nice has kind of surged in their performance. What do you attribute that to outside of just bringing better trucks to the racetrack? I mean, I think it's they haven't had a driver for two years in a row, really, um, to, to build trucks around. So it's been big for me to, um, you know, with last year I was the third rookie like i was i was the c team but it wasn't a c team at that at that point you know all the trucks are very very close but um you know brett and ryan had more experience with me and then it worked out that you know i kind of got put in the the forefront of it and i was making a lot of the decisions on what way the trucks went so um kind of starting the year where we were at the end of the year last year really you know helped us out Thank you, Kim. Coming up, we'll highlight the rising stars in NASCAR. And later, we'll preview this weekend's Firekeepers Casino 400 at Michigan. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. The Heritage Trophy will once again be on the line again this weekend at Michigan International Speedway as bragging rights for the manufacturers will be on the line. We thought it would be a great time to take a look at the young drivers from each manufacturer who could be the next stars of the sport. Our Tim Kettlefamo takes us through. As both the NASCAR Cup and Xfinity Series roll into Michigan International Speedway this weekend, there's bound to be extra pressure to perform. With the track in the backyard of the manufacturers, teams will be aiming to claim extra bragging rights and the Heritage Trophy an award given to the highest finishing manufacturer this weekend. Simply put, Michigan is a track that Ford, Chevrolet, and Toyota have circled on their schedule. But while all three OEMs have their eyes on winning a championship, they all remain focused on the future. With the manufacturers in the spotlight this weekend, let's take a look at the future for each OEM and the drivers they have in their stable who could shape the future of the sport. Zane Smith, his Ford, working the middle lanes of the banking. He's headed for the checkered flag. The breakout season continues. A dominating win tonight for Zane Smith. Off four, final time, checkered flag is out, and Zane Smith picks up the win in the heart of America 200 at the Kansas Speedway. On the truck series side, Zane Smith has quickly become one of Ford's top talents. While Smith was a driver for Team Chevy in recent years at GMS, he made the switch to Ford F-150s this season at Front Row Motorsports. Zane won the regular season championship earlier this year and has three wins so far in 2022. In his two previous runs in the postseason, Zane Smith has two runner-up finishes in the final standings. It's fair to say Ford recognizes Smith's talent after tapping him to make his Cup Series debut earlier this season when Chris Buescher was forced to miss a race due to COVID protocols. He'll rumble through turns 10 and 11. It looked like the day was going to be long to John Hunter Nemechek. Not so. Here comes Taylor Gray winding his way through the carousel, winding his way onto the main straightaway. Checkered flag in the air. Taylor Gray has done it. He's won at Mid-Ohio. Two other drivers in Ford's development program are Taylor and Tanner Gray. At just 17 years old, Taylor Gray has starts in both ARCA and Truck Series competition. Taylor has also claimed three ARCA Menard Series wins this year, the most recent of which came at Pocono a few weeks ago. 
For older brother Tanner Gray, he has been driving full-time in the Truck Series in 2022 for David Gilliland Racing, amassing two top five finishes. Other drivers to watch are Tanner Gray's DGR Racing teammate Haley Deegan and road course ace Jake Drew, who pilots a Ford in the ARCA West Series. For the Blue Oval on the NASCAR Xfinity Series side, you also can't forget about Riley Herbst. The Stort Haas Racing driver is having a career season and seems poised to make the playoffs yet again. 19-year-old driver from Charlotte, North Carolina, pulling away by one, by two, now by three. Car links, it's all over at Road America. Across the line goes Ty Gibbs, career win number eight. He made the move back in Canada corner by pulling away from Kyle Larson and never looking back. For Toyota, the biggest name on their radar is, of course, Ty Gibbs. As the grandson of legendary owner Joe Gibbs, Ty has put up staggering numbers in the Xfinity Series so far, racking up eight wins in just 38 career starts. Gibbs most recently passed Cup Series champion Kyle Larson in the final laps at Road America to win last month. Gibbs has also gotten a taste of the Cup Series the past two weeks while filling in for Kurt Busch, who is out recovering from concussion-like symptoms. In those two Cup Series starts, Ty Gibbs has earned two top 20 finishes. Corey Heim has got a buffer right now between him and the second place truck of Ben Rhodes. That would be John Hunter Nemechek. Heim on the bottom of the racetrack. Here comes Ben Rhodes looking high. Heim goes up the block, come off the corner. Here comes Corey Heim, rookie driver out of Marietta, Georgia. First career win in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, and it happens at Atlanta. Corey Heim wins the Freight 208. One of the top places to find talent in Toyota's development program has always been Kyle Busch Motorsports. As per usual, the team once again has a stable of young, talented drivers in their ranks. Chandler Smith is having a breakout season with two wins in the Camping World Truck Series and is one of the championship favorites in the playoffs. In the case of young part-time driver Corey Hine, he has found victory lane twice this year with wins at the Atlanta Motor Speedway and Gateway. While Heim and Smith's KBM teammate John Hunter Nemechek has already spent a full season in the Cup Series, many still view Nemechek as a top talented prospect who is looking to secure his first Truck Series championship. With names like Sammy Smith and Brandon Jones also in the talent pipeline, the future looks bright for Toyota. Dominant afternoon for Noah Gregson as he makes his way off of turn number two for the final time, racing around some lap cars, but is all by himself at the front of the field in turn three. He is as he works right down at the bottom of the racetrack underneath David Starr. Checkered flag in the air, and Noah Gregson wins the United Rentals 200 at Phoenix Raceway. As we turn our attention to the bow ties, it is worth noting that Chevrolet seems to have the most prospects ready to make that ever-important jump from the Xfinity Series all the way to the NASCAR Cup Series. The first Chevy team rich in talent of this kind is Junior Motorsports. One of those prospects is Noah Gregson, who has already proven he is ready to head to the highest level for some time. Gregson has three wins for the second year in a row in the Xfinity Series and has competed part-time in the Cup Series, driving for Colleg Racing. If rumors in the garage area are to be believed, Gregson could be full-time in Cup in 2023. Gregson's teammate Sam Mayer, on the other hand, has yet to win in the Xfinity Series, but still deserves attention as a potential future star of the sport. Mayer is on track to make the playoffs for the first time in his young career and has already proven he can win in NASCAR. 
after winning at the Bristol Motor Speedway in only his seventh Truck Series start. Junior Motorsports isn't the only Chevy team in the Xfinity Series with top talent. In the case of Richard Childress Racing, both Austin Hill and Sheldon Creed have proven themselves worthy of attention. Austin Hill has gotten off to a great start as an Xfinity Series rookie, with wins at Daytona and Atlanta in 2022. Hill will also make his Cup Series debut this weekend at Michigan driving for RCR. For Sheldon Creed, he already has a Truck Series championship back in 2020 and seems to be hitting his stride this season after a shaky start to the year. With the news of Tyler Reddick departing from RCR after 2023, one of these two drivers potentially could find their way to the Cup Series in 2024. And it isn't just in the Xfinity Series where Chevy drivers have potential. Drivers such as Carson Hosevar in the Camping World Truck Series, along with rising ARCA stars Raja Karuth and Nick Sanchez, all have very bright futures ahead of them with the backing of Chevrolet. While only time will tell which of these rising stars will fully blossom into the next great drivers in the sport, one thing is for certain. All three manufacturers seem to have filled their racing stables with plenty of talent for years to come. Thank you, Tim. Coming up, we'll preview this weekend's racing action at Michigan and later this week in NASCAR history. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We're in the final stretch of the NASCAR Cup Series regular season as only four races remain until the playoffs with only two spots available. The tension is starting to build for each of those drivers on the bubble and the ones on the right side who've yet to secure their playoff spot with a win. Our Kyle Ricky joins us to take us through what some of the drivers have to say ahead of this Sunday. The NASCAR Cup Series makes their annual trip to the Irish Hills and Michigan International Speedway this weekend. The pressure is on as only four races remain until the playoffs begin. And there is added pressure this weekend because of the fact that the race will be held in the backyards of Ford and Chevrolet. Ford has had a stranglehold on the track in recent years, having won the last seven races at the two-mile oval. Last year, Team Penske's Ryan Blaney used a great push from Toyota's Kyle Busch on a late race restart to propel himself to victory lane. Blaney brings him back to three. William Byron's got one final shot off the corner. He'll try to cross over. Ryan Blaney is there. He leads the field back to four. The checkered flag is out. One more run by Byron, and it will come up short. Ryan Blaney will score the win in the Firekeepers Casino 400 at Michigan, courtesy of a tremendous restart. Inside, 10 laps to go. Kyle Busch shoving Ryan Blaney to the lead, and Ryan did not let go. Blaney is excited to return to a place where he won last year, as he hasn't won yet this season, leaving his playoff positioning in doubt. And while Blaney has high hopes for this race, he thinks it could be an entirely different Michigan in the next-gen race car. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot different uh, than last year. Um, you know, it was almost like a speedway race last year, essentially. Uh with the high downforce stuff. So this year going back, I, I feel like it's going to be more of a look of what we had a few years ago with, with the other car, kind of lower downforce. And I'm not really sure what to expect. I, I love to tell you all what I expect going to these tracks for the first time with this new car, but I, I don't I don't know. Hopefully the track, you know, we get up in the, 
the old PJ1 and, and keeps the track wide uh, for this car, I think it'll help. It's really hard to tell, but I'm excited to get back there. It's obviously a big weekend, just like this weekend for us, Ford being right in their backyard. So um, I think it'll be a good race, that's for sure, with this car. We've seen it this year. This, this car puts on really good shows at you know, mile and a half, two-mile tracks. A driver that has been close to winning at Michigan multiple times for Team Penske is Brad Kozlowski. Keslowski is a Michigan native and places winning at the track up there with a win in the Daytona 500. He now drives for his own team at Roush Fenway Keslowski Racing, and he says that for any driver, when you race at your home track, the weekend just becomes more magnified. But I mean, I, I don't know how to summarize it any better that, you know, a driver's home track where his family and friends are all present just feels like a bigger event. And Michigan, for me, being my home track feels like a bigger event than other weeks and, and you want to make those people proud when you have the opportunity so when you do have just even you know like I said a, 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 the, the smallest sliver of success it just feels magnified it feels bigger. Michigan has always been a favorite of the drivers because of the high speeds and multiple racing lanes on the two mile speedway. Joe Gibbs racing driver Christopher Bell expects to see that again this weekend and a great race based on how this race car has competed at on intermediate racetracks. Yeah, last couple years they've done a great job with track prep to give us options and ability to pass if you're faster than guys, so that's been really good. I'm super excited about going with the next-gen car. It seems like that's been our strength is the high-speed intermediates, whether even in California was early on in the season, so I don't know how many how much you can look into that, but we were strong there, strong in all the mile and a halves. Michigan was repaved prior to the 2012 season, and around 10 years after a repave is when a surface begins to age and be tougher on tires. Bell says, though, that he hasn't noticed a change to the surface since he first raced there back in 2016. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I, I haven't been around as long as some of the other guys, but... You know, you look at some of the racetracks have changed tremendously even since I got in the sport uh, in, in 2016. So you look at a place like Kansas, it was very much a repave in 2016, very high speed, low tire fall off, uh, pretty narrow. And fast forward to today, it, it's opposite of that. A lot of tire fall off, you can move around, very slick. But then a place like Michigan, it hasn't changed very much. So um, it... I haven't been able to tell a change since 2016 to where we are today in 2022, I guess. Drivers like Keslowski have to win a race to get into the playoffs, but with four races to go, it is still possible that we have a scenario where there are more winners than playoff spots. Chase Briscoe is one of those drivers who has to worry about missing the playoffs if that happens. Although he has a little more breathing room now, because of the unfortunate situation with Kurt Busch missing races due to concussion protocols. But Briscoe says that the stress level is still there, especially if one of a certain group of drivers gets to victory lane. Fortunately, like, because of Kurt, it definitely makes it a little bit better for us. You know, I, I don't want to be in that situation because I, Kurt has ran better than us. Like, he deserves, if it comes down to it, to be in. But it's getting a little easier if we can get through these next couple of weeks. You know, like, there's just a lot of unknowns. And, you know, the, the, there's really only four guys that win and would hurt us. You know, everybody else is so far below us in points, we'd probably be okay. But, you know, two of them are my teammates. And then Blaney and Truex, if, if those four guys win, that's where we get in trouble. So, I don't know. I just need to get through the next 
three weeks without a new winner, and then I'll, I'll, I'll feel a lot better about it. It will be a weekend of high stress and high speeds for NASCAR's best in Brooklyn, Michigan. MRN will have live coverage from the green flag until the winner is hoisting the trophy in victory lane. NASCAR Live Race Day kicks off coverage of the Firekeepers Casino 400 at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday. Coming up, Susie Armstrong with a brand new This Week in NASCAR History. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Back on NASCAR Live, it's now time for our favorite time of the week. It's time for This Week in NASCAR History. Here's Susie Armstrong. Thank you, sir. 1976. English pop stars Elton John and Kiki D partnered up to top the Billboard Hot 100 with the platinum duet, Don't Go Breaking My Heart. It was a wrap in Montreal as closing ceremonies concluded for the Summer Olympic Games. And Richard Petty closed the deal in Pennsylvania, edging by David Pearson with two to go in the Purolator 500 at Pocono Raceway. performance by Richard Petty. He jetted out of the straightaway and into the turn to take the lead at this point last time around. And now he's on his way for the final time into the north turn. One out of 17 races this year, Petty has had one victory. He is on his way to the second victory and the 18th appearance of the 1976 Winston Cup Series. He's out of turn three. He comes to the line at Pocono. Ladies and gentlemen, here comes Richard Petty. 400, 300, 200. He's across the line, takes the checkered flag and Richard Petty has won the Pure Later 500. Nineteen eighty-eight, Steve Winwood kept an easygoing attitude on the airwaves with the hit single "Roll with It." Rush Limbaugh signed on to hundreds of radio affiliates with his nationally syndicated conservative talk show. Tom Cruise had the right mix at the box office with the romantic comedy drama "Cocktail." And Ken Schrader shook him up in Alabama, scoring the victory in the Talladega Die Hard Five Hundred at Talladega Super Speedway. Alongside Wilson for second spot. Rusty Wallace on the outside. Jeff Bodine is fifth. Sterling Marlin is fourth. They come off turn number four. Remember the start-finish line here is all the way down towards turn number one. Kenny Schrader trying to pick up his first ever Winston Cup win, but it's Earnhardt going down to the low side of the racetrack. They'll come three wide towards the stripe. Kenny Schrader, another first-time winner here at Talladega, Alabama. The Folgers Coffee Chevrolet holds off the charge of Jeff Bodine, Dale Earnhardt, and Rick Wilson. And for Schrader, a victory on his 108th career Winston Cup start. In 1998, Jamie Lee Curtis reassumed the role of Laurie Strode in the seventh chapter of the Halloween franchise, Halloween H2O. The UK's improvisational comedy phenom crossed the pond as the US version of Whose Line Is It Anyway, starring Wayne Brady, debuted on ABC. 
and the IMS Radio Network had the call as Jeff Gordon claimed his second win in the Brickyard 400 at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. This win will push Gordon's 1998 earnings to nearly $3.8 million and give him a 72-point lead in the Winston Cup standings. For the 35th time in his young career, the checkered flag will wave and the first car beneath it will be the DuPont Chevrolet of Jeff Gordon. The first driver to score a repeat victory in the Brickyard 400. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. We'd also like to thank Austin Sendrick for joining us. And also our thanks to Carson Hosovar for joining us as well. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, we'd like to thank you for joining us. And we can't wait to chat with you this week on NASCAR Live Wide Open on Thursday and NASCAR Live Race Day from Michigan on Sunday. We'll be back next Tuesday with more. Until then, thank you for joining us. And again, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast, and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Wesselman, Julian Council, and Trey Downing. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com.